facing for the first time in 39 years. The Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Hello and welcome to the Brady Bros Boston Sports Podcast, where we cover everything in the Boston sports world. My name is Nicholas Brady, alongside me my brother James. James, say hello to the people. What is up guys? Welcome to the very first episode of this podcast. Hopefully you do enjoy it and we got a, a lot to talk about here today. We do. Some big things this week. Mookie hits for the cycle. The Celtics have their full schedule drop and Patriots kick off preseason football against the Redskins. So I say we dive right into the Red Sox. Hottest team in baseball. Um, yeah, where should we start? I mean, there's so much to cover this week, I feel like. Yeah, so you mentioned before, and we should get right into it, Mookie hits for the cycle, something you really don't see a lot of people doing. He was the first person to do so this season, and first person to do so on the Red Sox since Brock Holt did it in 2015. Mm-hmm. So that was, what did we just say, Thursday against the Blue Jays. He did that. Unfortunately, we did end up losing that game. Um then we turn right around, have a uh, just a slugfest with the Orioles. Uh, 19-12 to 12 win. Props to the Orioles for scoring 12 runs and still losing a baseball game. Really, impressive stuff. But not much you can do against the Red Sox bats when they get going. With guys like JD, um, Steve Pierce, Mookie, obviously. Uh, you really, it's, it's tough. You don't stand a chance. A lot of pitchers are not going to put up a good fight. Yeah, and that that just goes to show, but really, you mentioned those names, but anyone on that Boston team is capable of doing what those guys do. Obviously, you're not seeing people, every single person on that team, putting up the 36 home runs that J.D. Martinez has, but you get people like Ben Attendee, Eduardo Nunez, Sandy Leon, you get people, and even then, they can still step up to the plate and hit a home run and, and get those big plays. It doesn't even have to be home runs, but they can get those big scoring plays, getting men on base and just racking up the runs against other teams. Now, you mentioned J.D. Martinez. He had an absolutely incredible week. Uh, he gets named AL Player of the Week. He bats 464, four home runs, 11 RBIs, and scores seven runs himself in just seven games. Obviously, an MVP candidate, along with Mookie Betts. And um, two guys that are pretty even going in the stretch. I know you have some stats you want to bring up about both of them. So Yeah, th- what do you they're got? having just both incredible seasons. And, and amazing to see, especially JD, coming in new to the Red Sox this year and, and putting the, up the numbers that he has. Betts played a couple less games than JD, but his average at 350, 438 on base percentage, 668 slugging, and 1100. OPS, absolutely incredible, as well as as JD's right there too. 333 average, 401 on base percentage, 669 slugging, and a, a 1070 OPS. It's absolutely incredible just to see two people on the same team putting up the numbers that they do, as well as talking about JD Martinez's 36 home runs, as well as Mookie having 27 incredible seasons by both of them, and definitely two people heading into the uh, the end of the year very likely in the MVP MVP candidate race. 
Yeah, and I don't. I think it's uh, a little rare to see two players on the same team have such uh, similar years stat-wise and be talked about at um, the same kind of level that these two guys are. Two uh, big leaders on the team, really. But let's uh, let's take a step back, talk about the Red Sox as a whole. They just accomplished 50 games over 500 recently. First time this has happened since 1946. They are currently sitting at 85 and 35. Uh, looking to kick off a two-game series against the Phillies tonight. So, uh, as we get into the final month of the season here, the Red Sox have 42 games left, okay? Um, obviously looming two kind of big records. The Red Sox single-season wins record uh, at 105 set way back in 1912. Um, they'd have to win 21 more games to break that. That's an even 21-21 and 21 through the last 42 games of the season. Uh very likely, I think, that they break that, as many would agree. They'd have to lose almost the same amount of games they've lost all year up to this point to um, to not get that record. And then, standing a little farther away, maybe a little more out of reach, the overall single-season wins record set back in 2001 by the Mariners at 116 games. That is a record of at least 31-11 and 11 to tie. Um... 32 and 10 to break. Definitely something we need to watch. They they do have some tough games coming down the stretch, but they also have some gimme games. So I don't know. Everyone's been talking all year. This is a special team. What are your thoughts on uh, these two records? I think the franchise record uh, is easily within grasp of this team for sure. Uh, just looking at what they've done all season, how dominant they have been down the stretch. I mean, coming right out, in the season with a 17 and 2 start like you don't see that from many teams and i think if they just need one more good run to go on you know a a 7 a 10 game streak just pretty much gets them to that record so if they can break even through the last 42 games of their season which they are well above doing being at 50 games over 500 easy to take the franchise record now something that like you said is in the distance it's something we have to be aware of, but I don't think we can look at that record and say, well, if they drop short of that, they had a bad season. They're Absolutely having... not. No, they're having an incredible year. I think it's just something that's that's there that people need to be aware of because it could, it could happen. It could happen. They're having a record year, and I think it'd be really cool to see them accomplish this record, but if they fall short of that, I do not think in any means that means the season was, was a failure wasn't as good as it could have been. I think whatever they end up doing. Yeah, I, I agree. Come October, I think we're definitely going to see them put up one of the best records ever seen in baseball. I think that's fair to say. Now let's talk about kind of the rest of their season, what we're seeing here, who they have left to play. Obviously, two games against the Phillies tonight. A a decently hot team, I'd say. Uh, definitely on the playoff watch. Are they first or second in the division? They are second in their division by... They're currently one. They're only one game back from the Braves, who are also having an actually pretty good season. So the Phillies are for sure a team to be reckoned with. So those are some of those games where they're going to have to fight hard for these victories. No game coming down the stretch is just a game where they can just be there, you know, play a mediocre game of baseball and just walk away easily without with a win. But there are teams that they should be beating down the stretch here that can make up for some some pretty easy games. They have a four-game stretch against both the Marlins 
combined against the Marlins and the White Sox, both not having the best season so far. So games that they should be winning, but at the same time, they're going to have to fight for stuff. So we'll see how it all plays out in October, come the postseason time, and see what this team can do. Uh, I think we're looking at a, uh, a pretty deep playoff run. It'll be interesting to see who we get matched up with in the playoffs. There's a lot of AL teams that we could see. Uh, not quite as tight as the NL race, but still uh, the Red Sox are looking at um, teams like the Phillies, the Braves, seeing the Yankees in the postseason, always always a possibility. And then you have the Athletics and the Astros, obviously, two teams that um, are fighting for the AL West division. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I think we're, we're looking at a deep postseason run regardless here of who we're faced up against. I don't see a first-round exit, um, but who knows? Anything's possible, I guess, in professional sports. Yeah, hot take right here. I'm saying anything short of making it to at least the ALCS is a disappointment. This is there. This team has done something so special that I think seeing them fail to play the way they have in the regular season, continue into the postseason, would definitely be just disappointing to see. And I think it plays back to maybe they don't break the record. Maybe they don't win the World Series. And that's not a disappointment of a season because of what they've already accomplished. But I think really any, like the teams that they could face in the AL and really any team in baseball, they stand a very good chance of winning a seven game series against any other team in this baseball league. And I know a big favorite coming back is the Astros. Obviously, on a bit of a bad stretch right now, you know, a likely. Uh, a lot of people are saying they're a likely repeat candidate, and I think, yeah, that's true, but I think there's no team in baseball right now that the Red Sox just don't stand a chance again. I think we'll put up a fight against anyone, and I'm going to call at least World Series. At least making it to the World Series? I Absolutely. I think the Red Sox will steamroll whoever we see in the AL, and then I really, like you said, I don't think there's another team that we can't beat in a seven-game series, so, but... More on that as we inch closer to October, which is looming. All right, let's shift gears a little bit here into the NHL and the Boston Bruins. Not a whole lot going on there right now, as it is summertime, and they, um, they're getting toward their start, which the NHL season starts October 3rd with the Bruins opening on that night against the defending Stanley Cup champion, the Washington Capitals. Um, so that'll be a good game. Some other noteworthy games as the uh, the Bruins schedule came out in full recently. Um, the Bruins are playing the Chicago Blackhawks in this year's Winter Classic at Notre Dame Stadium on New Year's Day. So one to look forward to. And um, not a whole lot to cover there right now. We'll get, get more as they um, get back to preseason and then when the puck drops on October 3rd. I think with this team, though, and looking at all the Boston sports teams, which I get this is really what this podcast is about, just a uh, little ramble here, but every team that we look at for Boston sports, they have a good team this year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very interesting. The year. Sox, a good team to win the, uh, you know, maybe win it all. NHL, Bruins, they went into the postseason last year, didn't make it incredibly far, falling short of the Stanley Cup. That's all right. I mean, they weren't picked as a favorite or anything to win it all, but another team that very capable of producing a postseason run, as well as the Celtics and Patriots, which we will get into later. Overall, I think the Bruins, good team. They got a lot of young talent there. 
lot of good guys coming in and uh, very capable of, of doing something and just excited to see how it all plays out coming October 3rd. Yep. First uh, first few months of the season should be interesting. We'll see how they all put it all together, but more on that later. Again, now let's dive into another sport that had the full schedule drop pretty much in tandem with uh, hockey here as they share many of the same stadiums. The NBA in the Celtics full schedule recently dropped this week with uh, some big games, some big games on there. Right away, they start opening night against Philadelphia, um, a little uh, playoff rematch, if you will. Um, I'm excited, very excited for this year, big basketball fan, so with everyone potentially being healthy and ready for the start of the year, um, it's going to be a good one. It's definitely going to be a good one. Again, another playoff team right away. People are talking about as the super team of the East even, which is not something we uh, we hear as much about. We're mostly talking When you talk super teams in basketball, you're mostly talking about the uh, Western division. But the Celtics have really put together over the last couple of years, or the last year really, um, a super team. They have, and back the last time the Celtics won it in 2008 was obviously the big three. And I think that became a very common theme through the next couple of years seeing a big three develop in Miami and then seeing those types of teams where you have two or three really good players who are capable of bringing a team into the postseason and the NBA finals and, and winning it all. And now that is just transitioned to having as many great, uh, just all-star players as you can. We've seen a now complete five all-star starting lineup from the Warriors. Similar things starting to happen in Los Angeles with the Lakers, but also no one's really talking about the Boston Celtics forming very close to a super team uh, that is very capable of taking first in the East and making their way right to the NBA Finals in yeah. the East. And I think um, when people talk basketball, people really don't talk East, East, the Eastern Conference. And for good reason. Uh, the Western Conference has dominated the show for the last five years probably with the Golden State Warriors and was that becoming the iconic Western Conference team and really the iconic basketball team as winning three of the last four NBA championships. So the Celtics almost are a sleeper team, even though they have some huge talent. But I think right away, I don't think anyone in the East stands a chance. You got guys like obviously superstars like Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, um, Gordon Hayward, and then the Celtics also have that young talent they've acquired in the last year or two with uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, two big guys who really, I think, stepped up uh, last year in a, in a really spectacular playoff run. Yeah, I think the Celtics were almost underdogs coming into the playoffs despite having the number two, the number two seed in the entire East uh, still coming in as underdogs with the loss of Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward to injury throughout the season. Definitely, they were not projected to go very far, making it all the way up to the Eastern Conference Finals, though, losing in Game 7, unfortunately. That was a real heartbreaker. Um, but I think we've seen what these underrated guys can do, like, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, Al Horford, what they can bring together, just players that you'd think of coming off the bench and showing up in such a big way that if you have the superstars combined with that depth of the bench that they have this year, I really think they can put together a great season. Absolutely. Now let's go over a couple of the uh, noteworthy games that the Celtics will be playing this year. 
Obviously, we're mentioning opening night against Philadelphia, a rivalry there, so that'll be an interesting game. Um, November 30th, we get our first look at the Cavs without LeBron James and hopefully with a fully healthy team. Don't think there's really a question in that game. Um, LeBron was pretty much the life and soul of the Cavs last year, so without him, I um, wouldn't expect a big year out of them. Now, Christmas Day, the Celtics got... Um, Celtics got the Christmas Day game against Philadelphia yet again. So, again, a rivalry game on Christmas Day should be a good one. And then in January, uh, toward the end of January, January 26th, we see our first look at the official, very official super team, the Golden State Warriors. So that'll be interesting. One of two games against them. Um, interesting to be, it'll be interesting to see how the quote-unquote super teams of each conference match up against each other because that's the potential uh, NBA Finals matchup right there. February 7th, we get our first look at LeBron on the Lakers. Again, one of two games against the Lakers this year. Um, interesting to see him in a different dynamic and a different team. Uh, see how the Lakers put that all together and see how they fare against our Boston Celtics. It's going to be a good year. It is. Now, let's uh, let's wrap it up here with the NFL. Uh, we saw the Patriots have a 26-point comeback in their first preseason game against the Washington Redskins. Um, I didn't watch a whole lot of the game. You saw most of it. Let's uh, let's hear your thoughts, and I'd especially love to hear your thoughts on our first look at Danny Etling. Overall, Patriots playing Patriots football. You know, doesn't matter what the score is whenever. They, they find a way to win the game. Not that preseason really matters to anyone, stats-wise, and obviously preseason you're getting a lot more looks at just players who are probably coming off the bench to play a couple of snaps per game. You're not looking at the staples of this team. So exciting to just see people in Patri- like the Patriots uniforms out there playing a game of football. Good to see. It's been a long offseason coming off that Super Bowl 52 loss to the Eagles. But uh, first half, you know, Patriots did play some sloppy football, letting in 17 points unanswered until we got a field goal in the waning seconds of the second quarter, barely getting points on the board before the first half. Second half, it's like a new football game started. Patriots came out hot, putting up points right on the board and completing that 26-point comeback against the Redskins. Very exciting to see, and like you said, in the fourth quarter, getting our first look at Danny Etling in a Patriots uniform. Obviously, a draft pick coming in this year, in that quarterback position, which the Patriots are known so well for, and seeing how he fares, had an okay game, had a couple of mishaps. He uh, fumbled a handoff to the running back, which uh, resulted in a turnover, had a couple of overthrown passes or passes that were a little out of the reach of the receivers or making the receivers do a lot of work to get to the ball. Playing an okay game of football, uh, I mean, as much as you can expect from a rookie playing their very first game coming from the late rounds of the draft. He's not a super big name coming in, but still interesting to see uh, a fresh face at that position in New England for sure. Absolutely, and I think there's no one better to learn under than the GOAT himself, Tom Brady. So it'll be interesting to see how um, how that QB dynamic goes this year and then in the coming years. So I think it's really important that they have that young talent to train under Brady. Maybe, hopefully, uh, something will rub off there. And uh, even after Brady retires, we can continue this great role the Patriots have been having. But, obviously, too soon to tell. So, first look at Edling. Maybe not great, but 
could be a nerves thing. He's just got to put a couple things together, calm down a little bit, and um, could be a valuable backup. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, we will see, whether it's through Etling or someone that is picked up in a trade or something else, we will see someone come forward as like the next in line to Tom Brady. I don't think the Patriots plan to keep Hoyer around much longer. He's good to have there. He has some experience. He's been on the team before, and uh, he he knows what he's doing, obviously, but I don't think he's the next move. He is an older quarterback as well who, even if Brady retires, isn't going to carry for a lot of years. Um, so I think in the coming years, we will see someone step into that second-in-command position and eventually become the starting quarterback of the Patriots once Tom Brady retires, but obviously too soon to tell with one game of preseason. There's only so much we can learn from that. Yeah, let's not overanalyze there. Uh, keeping on the theme with quarterbacks now, Brady announced that he plans to make his preseason debut this Thursday, August 16th, against none other than the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, whether that means we will see him play one snap, one drive, one quarter, who really knows? Hard to say. Um, again, I it really doesn't mean a whole lot. I think it's just to get him through the motion, get him in a game setting against people who actually are going to ta- try to tackle him. Um, but again, always exciting to see him take the field. For sure. Coming back for another year, uh, his his age 41 season. So that'll be very impressive to see that man uh, doing the things that he does at that age, at that position. Uh, g- good for him. He's the GOAT. I feel like that is pretty undisputed at this point, but... There, there will be people saying other stuff. Anyways, we will see him uh, in this rematch. Not that it means a ton, because obviously we are playing preseason football here. It's not the biggest deal in the world. But I wonder if it will put pressure on other teams to uh, use their starting players like the Philadelphia Eagles. Will they put in Foles? Will they put in Carson Wentz to try to compete with Brady? Or do they just let the Patriots possibly have a runaway game? Who knows? Only time will tell this Thursday... Will for sure be a good matchup uh, getting through the second week of preseason, edging ever closer to that September 9th first game against the Houston Texans. Will be awesome to see the whole team come together then, but like I said, I don't think we should overanalyze. It's just one game of preseason. We can only run so far with that. Interesting to see the Patriots schedule this year. It looks like an easier schedule. It definitely looks like, obviously we open against the Texans, but then the um, our league is not known for being playing the best football, I guess, with the Bills, the Dolphins, the Jets, three really lower caliber teams in the last couple of years. So obviously we play each of those teams twice. But then you have these games against the Lions. the Ch- uh, Well, the Chiefs were all right last year. Yeah, but they lost their starting quarterback. Um, the Colts, interesting to see how they will do with Andrew Luck coming back now. I mean, the Bears, Titans, really not a super strong team. We did lose a lot of players to the Titans, though. We will see Deion Lewis. We will see Malcolm Butler. So a couple of uh, faces from those teams, but for sure an easier lineup with other, you know, bigger games coming against Week 9 against the Packers, Week 13 against the Vikings, Week 15 against the Steelers. That is always a good matchup. Those Uh, are all potential playoff matchups, especially the Steelers. I mean, we've seen them them in the playoffs countless times. Um, and then with the Vikings and Packers being Someone, potential Super Bowl candidates. Super Bowl candidates so that we could see both of those teams making postseason runs as well. But we're focused on those Patriots. And uh, it's going to be an interesting season. We've lost a lot of offensive talent. We've gained some defensive talent. But uh, 
It'll be interesting to see how the next few weeks of preseason as well as the first couple weeks of the regular season play out, especially uh, from my point of view at the receiving position. Lost a lot of talent there with Amendola going to the Dolphins with Malcolm Mitchell being dropped. A couple other names kind of fading out there, but we still have some of the same guys. Of course, Edelman picking up Eric Decker. We still got Philip Dorsett. We got a couple of new guys coming in, so... Once I think everything gets figured out, we will have that same dynamic Patriots football team. Absolutely agree. I don't see them having a, an off season at all. Uh, I think, like you said, a couple couple of weeks it might take to put everything together, but then I think we'll uh, we'll see more of the Patriots we know and love. And I think uh, very very good potential to have one of those dominant Patriots seasons. I know a lot of games last season, it wasn't like they ran away with it. They really had to work for a lot of their victories, which they did in the end, but. I think this year, if they really figure things out early on, might take an early loss or two. That might come as a bit of a surprise, um, but it's happened in the past. It will continue to happen to any football team. But I think once things get locked in, if these Patriots can figure out what they're doing, they stand a very good chance of kind of just rolling right through this season. That's going to do it for us here today. Uh, not a whole lot to cover with just the Red Sox playing the uh, this last week. We'll get more into it with the Patriots preseason and when they kick off their season in September and then expect even more news when the Bruins and Celtics uh, start their seasons in October. If you did enjoy, please leave a rating on the podcast. really helps out. And uh, please leave some feedback. Let us know how we did in our very first podcast here. Also, if you want to keep up to date with everything going on with us as well as other Boston sports, follow us on Twitter at Brady Bros Boston. That is B R A D Y B R O S B O S T O N. Yeah, we'll do our best to keep up on everything. You have to keep in mind there's just two of us. We do our best to cover everything. We might miss some stuff, but if you want to keep up to date with everything, release dates with the podcast. If there's any changes, it's just best to. Uh, communicate with you guys through that platform so brady bros boston on twitter make sure to drop us a follow if you do want to sponsor this podcast please send us an email brady bros boston at gmail.com uh we would much appreciate any offer at all so that's going to do it for us here today we will catch you next week bye guys